I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. Hi, this is Sylvia. My husband David Toffness and I began farming at an age when most growers, or most anybody, retires. This was a second career for both of us and we knew right from the start that the window for this opportunity was a small one and that it would close sooner than later. And so here we are, nine years later, and we know we've got to start thinking about this shift right now. We've got to start moving our grass-fed beef operation into a younger set of hands. So we're looking at some really big questions. How do we do this and stay in our farmhouse? How do we find that young couple or that person to begin taking over our farm and operating it the way that we did based on a certain set of values like rebuilding the soil and replenishing our pastures and practicing really humane treatment of our animals. Can we find someone who will do this? And do we have to make that change like really fast? Or is this something that we can ease into over two or three years? And what are other farmers doing? Well, Dave and I don't know the answers to these questions. I do know that we're not the only ones in this situation. And to help really illuminate this condition all across the upper Midwest and the country, we were very lucky to have with us Karen Stetler, who is the Farm Beginnings Program Organizer for the Land Stewardship Project. Welcome, Karen. So glad that you could join us. Good morning, Sylvia. Thanks for having me. You bet. Karen, as I said, lots of farmers right now are in this retirement age. I, and I think that the average age of the American farmer is, is creeping up to 60. Am I right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you seen? I mean, Land Stewardship Project, maybe you can ju- give us a really short uh, description of what the Land Stewardship Project is. Sure. The Land Stewardship Project um, is a nonprofit membership-based organization committed to seeing more farmers farming successfully and sustainably on the land, building vibrant communities and healthy soils and water. And um, really, we feel like toward this end, this, this work that we've been engaging with, both on the beginning farmer side and the retiring farmer side, really sort of illuminates that mission. You know, uh, my husband David and I actually took the Farm Beginnings program when we started into this. Uh, We were the graduating class of 2008-2009, and and we were so happy to be a a part of that program because it's really about examining what does it mean to be a farmer? What are the big goals that are going to drive the decisions that you make going forward? I found it to be extremely valuable. But here we are, as I said, nine years later, and we now have to consider, oh my goodness, how do we make this transition now? That's something that Land Stewardship Project has been looking at for a number of years, isn't it? 
That's right. Mm-hmm. What have you done? Well, so maybe maybe I'll just start with um, sort of lifting up kind of a couple things that you said and and um, sharing that. I mean, it really is a significant challenge right now for for people. You said um, the age of farmers is going up. I think that um, is very true, and I think the the technology and things that that allow farmers to farm uh, longer kind of push back that thinking about what will happen on their land in the next generation, and and that conversation gets pushed back later and later. Um, I I, I just feel like the people that we have seen um, coming through um, Farm Beginnings really has um, led us to think about not as many people have access to land in their family, and so there's a, a huge need to sort of think about um, how beginning farmers are going to find that land, that they um, want to farm and that their passion is to farm. And then I've also been talking with um, people who have been dealing with farmers that, that we may not see with in uh, Land Stewardship Project, farm advocates in Minnesota, and then there's uh, farm business management instructors both in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and really they're finding that almost all families are in a situation of transition, trying to figure out where to go in the next generation, what does that future farm look like. And I would have to say that that there are, you know, lots of people thinking and planning, but lots of people who aren't. And, and it feels like in as we've been sort of assessing and thinking about this, that there's kind of a silent crisis going on out there. And we, we really feel like there's a need to um, keep elevating this and, and figure out how to help farmers think through the process and get to that point where they can have a, a, a solid transition plan in place. You know, as you talk about this, one of the things that strikes me, Karen, is that uh, notion that you brought up about the machinery that kind of keeps you able to keep farming longer and longer. But, you know, eventually you get to that point where I really can't do this anymore, um, regardless of how much equipment might be uh, in my barn. Yes. And so you have to make this change. You mentioned that, uh, you know, you confirmed that, you know, the American farmer is now reaching an average age of 60. But it seems that there's also another component out there, and it's one that I know I've read in your Farm Beginnings, um, and not only that, but also in the Land Stewardship Newsletter, which is about those many, many women who are owners of farmland. Can you talk about that segment? Sure. Um, well, I think, you know, as we see people going through Farm Beginnings, I would say that there's a majority of women who are actually leading, even even if it's a couple coming to the Farm Beginnings class, which we encourage, that there are women sort of taking that leadership role in, in the, the farming side of things. And I think that's really exciting and encouraging. And, and I think there's a lot of opportunities um, out there um, for for women, and I think maybe that's one of the areas to think about in terms of outreach with this, both beginning farmers coming in, as there are you know, women landowners now, or women landowners thinking about transitioning, but also women farmers, um, you know, looking at getting started. So trying to make some of those kind of connections could be very interesting and and, and valuable. You know, it, it makes me think that that's a population I hadn't thought much about, obviously, in previous years, which were those um, 
perhaps older women, my age and older, who may have been left that farm by a deceased spouse and who now find themselves the owners of 20 acres, maybe 200 acres, maybe 1,000 acres, and they don't know exactly how it's going to be managed going forward. Do you see that as an opportunity for young farmers? Absolutely. I, I really feel like there are a number of beginning farmers that are, are ready and, and, and looking forward to that opportunity to farm and might be a, a really um, neat connection, especially you know conservation sustainable farmers working with women who I think tend to have that conservation long-term um, legacy of the land uh, um, connection as well. And I, I, I mean, I see that, that in terms of... Um, you know, the beginning farmers that, that um, we see through Farm Beginnings, there definitely is a need. Um, not As I said, not everybody comes from a farming family, and so being able to connect with those women landowners or other landowners um, would certainly be um, a, a good connection to make. I've also seen that there are other people coming from other countries who hmm. have farming backgrounds and um, are in need of land, again, not coming from a family background here in the United States, but other countries. Um, and so there's, I think, also a need um, when you're looking at um, some of the people of color, farmers of color communities. Um, that aspect, I think, is, is another place where, where people are looking for land. You know, you, you talked about the, 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 the land that may be available because there's a, a widow who wants perhaps the land to be well managed. Okay. There's a family, a farm family, who find that the children don't want to take over the farm. They're, they've moved away. Is that something that you find more and more these days, Karen? Yes. Um, I think that there are lots of farm, um, um, LSP farmer members, in fact, who have come to me and said, you know, we're really trying to think about the next generation which will not include a son or daughter, and so how does that play out? And so, I mean, I, I do think there's a, a lot of people who are kind of thinking that way as well. And I guess one of the things that, um, when we're thinking about this and talking about it, there really feels like uh, a sort of a bigger question that I ask back to those farm families. This could be to a farm family who either is looking for a uh, a son or daughter to come back, or for a non-related um, beginning farmer to to work with them, but really just asking themselves a lot of questions. In, and starting with, what are your goals for the land? You talked very eloquently about the goals and things that that you and your husband thought about when you went through farm beginnings. It's really taking a look at those goals again. It's taking a look at other goals as you think about long-term future. Um, that really kind of, I think, lays the foundation for what direction you eventually want to go and encourage, you know, the beginning farmers to do the same thing. You know, what goals do they see going forward? And at some point, you know, that making that connection with another farmer, you have those goals and that vision that you can at least start with to see if you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, most people think about farms as being property that you then just sell. You know, I'm done farming, so now I'm going to sell it, or I'm going to pass it on to a son or daughter. But are there other kinds of financial arrangements that can be made so that the farmer can perhaps stay in their home and the new, younger farmer can have access to that land? 
Sure. I think there's a lot of creative um, opportunities out there, and and I think that, that it is one of the many questions that need to be factored in in terms of whatever next steps people take. Um, obviously, to farm, there needs to be some close proximity to a farm to be able to um, go back and forth, and it kind of depends a little bit on the operation, how close you need to be. Um, but I, I think one of the things that, that I encourage people to think about is sort of the, the it's like a flow chart in a way. It's, um, you know, you have your land and you have your business, and those could be considered together or they could be separated and thinking about things differently. So you could um, actually sell your land outright, um, and maybe that business ends with you. Um, you could rent um, your land out. Um, you could work a beginning farmer into the business, which sounds like from your introduction that's a place that you and your husband are really considering. Um, there also could be developing a companion business on that same farm for a beginning farmer um, so that they then could develop an income and you could have your income because there are lots of questions that I think need to be thought about and thought through in terms of once you have those goals, you know, thinking about is there enough on this farm to support two families? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of help do you think you could provide a new farm family? Um, how much money do you need um, as the retiring farmer to be able to continue um, on into the future? Um, if you're actually transitioning a business, you know, how are you transitioning the management? You know, that point that you brought up about where you live, where does a you know, beginning farmer live? What assets does the beginning farmer have? You know, what's the conservation practices, you know, that you want to make sure are, are included in the plan? Is there an exit strategy if things don't work? Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the things that I feel very committed to is just lifting up the fact that um, you're dealing with humans and um, you need to really think through all of those scenarios, all the good scenarios and um, what can happen, plan B, C, D, and then possibly an exit strategy strategy if things aren't working. Mm. Boy, that's a lot to think about. One of the things you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago was the notion of a companion enterprise that the new farmer would bring. Could you Explain that a little bit more. I'm not familiar with that. Sure. Um, so I guess, you know, like I'll just use your, your farm as an example. You have a grass-fed uh, beef operation. I, I don't know the exact layout of your farm, but perhaps there would be an ability for someone to come in and do an intensive vegetable operation, which they could derive their income from, and you could continue doing your grass-fed beef. Mm. Um, and so the, the land would actually provide two families um, income to be able to make that transition. I you see. Okay. Transitioning out of your business. And, and perhaps even a third family could be transitioning into your business, you know, on the side. You know, it, and it, it kind of gets at different people's interests um, and also what could happen on your land. Karen, where would somebody like me go? And I suspect there are other farmers who are listening and are thinking ahead too. Where can they go to get more information about what's possible? And, and how would you find that young set of farmers that might be interested in your land? Well, I would say um, there are many resources that I can um, direct you to. It, to answer your second question first about how do you link up with other beginning farmers, 
Um, there are some land linking websites that are out there. Um, land Stewardship Project has a clearinghouse on our website, which is www.landstewardshipproject.org. Um, Moses and the Minnesota Department of Ag also have land linking websites, um, so that would be a, a place to start. Uh, the Land Stewardship Project has networking meetings occasionally, so those would be things on our calendar to um, look at, and we try to do those in the winter when people have a little bit more flexible time. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I would suggest um, is we have a, a land or a farm transitions toolkit on our website, and in addition to having um, some good sort of flow of questions and ideas for, for farm families to think about. There are also profiles that talk about some of the specific situations farmers are in as they transition their farm, so that could give people some real um, ideas and thoughts. I, I will just say that every case is unique, mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. there's not one answer for every situation. And so I really encourage people to, to reach out and talk to people, to go to meetings, to um, you know, read things, uh, and and then and then sort of distill it down and and put it into their own individual context um, because every situation is so unique. Um, the other thing that I wanted to lift up is we do have workshops. Um, the Land Stewardship Project um, has in the winter for farm families who are thinking about transitioning. So this would be the retiring farm families, really to help people get started just thinking about that transition, which is hard. You're talking about decreasing abilities, death, uh, money, family dynamics, taxes, you know, all the things that people don't want to talk about. It's all, like, mushed together, long-term care. You know, all it's all, you know, put together, and, and so it makes it really, I think, um, a daunting and complex <laughs> um, set of issues to think about. So anyway, so, so this is one way that people can sort of get started in, in a way that is, um, you know, both grounded in helping people think about their goals and finances, but then also bringing in um, some of those pieces that people won't start needing to think about over the course of their planning. Um, I'm really so, so glad you mentioned all of those um, factors that have to come into play as you consider this change. Because one of the things I've noticed is that it's very emotional. Yes. The thought of leaving this land that you've worked so hard to cultivate, of separating yourself from animals that you've cared so much for, uh, thinking about not having that connection with your customers yes. uh, going forward. It is uh, a very uh, tangled set of emotions that, that this calls forth. So I'm really glad that you mentioned the various factors that come into play. And as with anyone who is retiring, um, that's part of the, the deal too, kind of leaving a position that you've had. Um, only in this case, when you're farming, it's leaving the, the entire home that you've Absolutely. built over time. And is that, is that something that's, that's addressed when you have your conversations? It comes out. There's no way to not have it come out because all of those things. It's and it's it, it's um it's a change. It's a loss. Um, I, I think some families uh, who come to the workshops really recognize that they're grieving inside because 
they really thought a son or daughter might take over the farm and they realize that's not going to happen and so they have to work through that emotion. Um, in some cases, people have um, made choices that have impacted community, dynam community dynamics, unintended mm -hmm. consequence, and so are you know really thinking and grieving that. And it really, uh, I have to say that, that there are lots of um, really grounded pieces that we uh, talk about, but there are also just, it's an opportunity for people to really share some of the things that, that are, are really, they're really struggling with emotionally um, as a part of this whole process. Well, it's good to know that there's a platform for that because um, it's so needed. I think about a couple of my friends who had had uh, dairy operations, dairy farms for over 30 years, each one. And when it came time to actually stop being a dairy farmer, it was just such a blow for both yeah. of them. Although these things had been thought about for a long time and considered and planned for when it actually came to that time when the last of the animals were uh, transported off the farm and much of the equipment sold it was it was a, a big shift in their lives absolutely I, I think there's like you said earlier it's it's kind of like a you know extended family the land and the animals and so I mean it, it would it would just you know, it, it has meant something to people, and so that therefore the transitioning of that would would be very emotional. So I think I mean part of it is is understanding that and giving yourself time to grieve. And and then another aspect that I encourage people to think about and lift up is, and so what is the next step after mm -hmm. this transition? And so to know that there are you know with anything losses but then gains and what other pieces can you incorporate in your life that can um, be a, a third career or fourth career or that kind of thing. Right. Well, the whole notion of, of mentoring somebody else into the operation, I think, is a very hopeful one, at least in our minds. We do yes. very much want this to continue as a family farm. Yes. And so yes. we really do want uh, the next set of young people to come and see this as their future. One idea that I guess some people have a tough time with is the, is the notion of farming land that they do not own outright. Have you confronted this? Um, well, I think one of the questions that always was, was uh, asked, and, and I think it probably still is within the Farm Beginnings program, is you don't have to be a landowner to be a farmer, and so really think carefully are, what, what your goals are. Do you want to be a landowner or a farmer? And so really at the very beginning stages of thinking about um, farming, really challenging that notion of do you have to own the land. Um, so, so that's one thing that I know that people are thinking about. I, I and Land Stewardship Project really want to make sure that there is an opportunity that farmers can own their own land and also recognize that not all farmers choose to own their own land, and you still can be a farmer without owning your own mm -hmm. land. Um, and so one of the things that um, sort of as an kind of intermediary is long-term leases. Right. And I know that, right. you know, this, um, the lease sort of um, culture is a year-to-year -year lease, um, but just really encouraging people to think about what about a five- to ten-year lease or potentially longer to really think about um, beginning farmers making a commitment to the land 
um, and knowing that what they put in, they'll be able to get out in terms of the work and improvements they do on the land. So that's something that um, I think is worth you know, farmers considering. And that's certainly the thing that uh, my husband David and I are at least initially probing, is the notion of a five to ten year lease and then yeah. renewable or with option to buy so that the person feels as if they are really making an investment that will be part of their future. And certainly there are farmers, especially ranchers, who um, have made excellent livings on leased mm -hmm. land. Uh, one of them is Greg Judy. If you're interested in ranching and doing it on leased land, his books are an awfully good one to look at. Well, Karen, I want to thank you uh, for being with us today. And uh, again, what is a website people can visit in order to get some more information on this? www.landstewardshipproject.org. All right. Thank you so much. And any other parting idea as, as we kind of wrap up this conversation? I would just say it's never too soon to start. This is a daunting task, but I think the sooner people start thinking about options for transition, the more options they'll actually have. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.